Angel Heart Radio Angel Heart Radio programs should not be used to replace your legal or medical advice. Welcome everyone to Angel Heart Radio. You are our focus. We want you to know that you matter in the world and that you're important to the world. We're here to remind you of just how valuable and needed you are right now. Help us to help others. If you like what you hear, tell your friends, post, tweet, pin, let everyone know how amazing Angel Heart Radio is. So again, welcome to Angel Heart Radio. Powered by love, Angel Heart Radio is sponsored by angellight777.com. Welcome everyone to Angel Heart Radio. I'm your host, Deb Goldberg, and it brings me great pleasure to be here with you today. Whoops, I guess I forgot to turn my phone off. It's done now. Anyway, it's an honor to serve you in the highest way that I can by bringing you messages of divine love and blessings for your life. You are dearly loved, cherished, and blessed. And... I thought it would be on here by myself tonight, although I see that Anaya is uh, on the line with me too, which is unexpected, but I'm very grateful. Um, Welcome, Anaya. Anaya is the founder of Angel Heart Radio. Hello there. Well, I'm just doing a little sneaky call. Well, I like the sneaky call. You can sneaky call me anytime you would like. <laughs> I quite like the sneaky calls too, Deb. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, you know, I've uh, had just started to write how. So just hold on tight if you can hear me, but you can't hear Deb. So I'm going to play some music and I'm going to check with Deb and we will be right back. We're going to have a listen to some Faith Rivera.
Well, there's all kinds of interesting stuff going on right now, and I believe that is because I have a brand new microphone, and it was acting very strange, and so we put some music on so that we can try to fix this situation. This gets back to my topic of what I wanted to start talking about is I'm so happy to be here with you today and have all of these uh, mishaps happening. Um, At first, I had trouble getting into the studio until about 30 minutes prior. And last week, I had trouble connecting up until 50 seconds until the show started. (laughs) So this gave me... I know this gave me a great idea that it made me step back. And then this happening with the microphone is hilarious. So this made me step back again today and think about how many times I feel, I feel this way that I'm disconnected. Things aren't working right. That I'm trying to connect to my spiritual guides. And I think no one is listening, and I can't hear or see them. I can't feel anyone. And when I'm feeling this way, I know that I'm in my ego. Anytime I'm fearful, uh, I am in my ego and not in my higher self. And, And so I thought, this is a perfect opportunity to talk about how this happens even when we're on our spiritual journey of feeling that nobody is there with us or I'm, I'm not connected when the truth is, is that spirit guides, angels, God uh, are always with us. It's us that gets disconnected and we go in and out of this um, place that I call um, Let's see, expansion and contraction, because we are constantly expanding and contracting as we go, um, as we go through our day, as we breathe, our breath is expanding and contracting. And so is the uh, feelings that we get during the day of, I feel, oh, I feel relaxed and easy and I feel connected. And then I feel like, oh my God, everything's wrong. And when I went on tonight, I thought, gee, I hope I don't have the same problems that I had last time of getting uh, connected of I couldn't get on till the 50 seconds right before the show. It was very um, aggravating. And I thought, well, here I am setting myself up with all this contracted energy and I can't connect. I can't get on the computer again. I cannot make the studio open up. Anyway, I thought it was, it was really an interesting way to start talking today. And I know you're laughing, Anaya, but uh, have you had that problem too? Oh, my gosh. Yes, yes, yes. And I think it's a problem that most of us move in and out of. Um, And it's really smart of you, Deb. Well done for taking that step back and really deciding to look at what's happening um, and get behind it and look at the bigger picture with fresh eyes because that's where our power lies, doesn't it? We have the power to choose about how we're looking at things and look, hey, 
it can be really tricky when you're running a radio show or doing anything for that matter where you're required to be right there at a particular time and you've got people relying on you. Exactly. So I totally hear you. I totally hear you. Yeah, I I started remembering myself to myself that okay, um, I was feeling tension and contraction as I even attempted to come up to the computer and and load the studio into it, rather than thinking everything is working perfectly, all is well. Um, and being able to diffuse that contracted energy rather than um, projecting it outside of myself. So now whatever I'm feeling and thinking inside, I am now projecting uh, and experiencing on the outside. If we send fear and Mm. worry out, it's all contracted energy. And so the computer and the Internet helped me to show that, um, I'm not going to flow for you right now because you are out of flow. <laughs> <laughs> you are not flowing. You are contracting. Anyway, I see we have a caller, and her we name's Catherine. We have Catherine on the line. Yep. Okay, and she would like to talk with us. Hello. She certainly would. Hi, Catherine. This is Deb Goldberg. How are you? Hi, good, thank you, Deb. How are you? I'm very good now that I think everything's working in sync. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like you said, it always is, right? <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> so what can yeah. I help you with you today? What would you like to talk about? I have a question regarding work. Um I got an email from somebody who I'd like to work with, and I'm wondering which project I should show to her. I have um, two that I think are most ready. One begins with an I and the other a D. So I was wondering which you feel being better for me to present to her. Hmm. I am feeling that the I is a better project. I don't know why. That's just what my senses are telling me when you said that one's an I, one's a D. The I is really stepping forward for me. And that being a a better way for you to go forward. Um, how do you feel about uh, going ahead with the I project? I actually, I, I, I was feeling that one too because I've been waiting a long time for that one, and I, I do feel it's ready. And um, yes, I, I agree. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You pretty much confirmed my feelings. Okay. Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny mm-hmm. because. Um, I'm writing, I've written a fourth book that hasn't come out yet, and it's all about intuition. And during my spiritual process, I have had um, a lot of trouble connecting, and actually not so much connecting, it's believing my intuition, and that I was constantly looking for validation outside of myself, which is normal, we all do this. Mm-hmm. But the journey is really about starting to um, listen to our own intuition because nobody knows better 
than we do what it is is best for us. Um, so I still do the same thing. I still look outside for validation. I try to do it less than um, what I used to and try to rely on myself, but it's all part of the process. And so that should also help you feel good about um, that you can listen to your own intuition, that it's really important to start building self-confidence and, and, and really, when we look at it, there is no wrong or right. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. There, there is no wrong or right. Whatever we choose, um, it's going to end us up at the same place. And oh, I we love put, that. Yeah, because we put a lot of pressure on ourselves. And I remember trying to make some decisions off and on about different things. And Jesus would say to me, Deb. This is not a life and death situation. You don't have to bring the pressure to all these situations that you have to make decisions on as if it's life and death. It's not. And I keep reminding myself of that um, so that I don't let um, my worries get out of hand or pressure that I'm putting on myself to do the right thing. Oh, beautiful. So I, yeah. I'm really thankful for you calling in and because um, it gave me an opportunity to talk about some other things that I experience with uh, trouble with my intuition or not always being uh, confident in my own self when, when we know we know really strongly what's best for us. Yes, wow. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it was double confirmation for me, Anna, and good advice. Well, that's great. Well, thank you, Catherine. It's it's so lovely to talk with you, and I'm glad that you called in and hope you continue to listen. So right now I'm going to put your mic on um, on, back, back on mute because we have another caller. Okay, thank you so much. Lovely speaking with both of you. Oh, thank you. You too. Blessings, Catherine. Blessings. Thank you, Catherine. Lots of love. Thank you. Hi, this is Deb. Um, If your phone number starts with 631, I'm looking to speak with you if you're there for a phone call. Hello? Okay. Well, I will put your – if you just want to listen in, you can take – you can press one again, and that will t- put yeah. you back off of the microphone. And if you decide you'd and like to chat, go ahead. And sometimes people step away from their computer momentarily, so we can always uh-huh. come back in and check that um, our call is there waiting. Okay. So that brought up a lot of really great um, struggles that I have had in um, not listening to my own intuition, but this is all part of the the process of uh, the spiritual process. It's really amazing uh, how we we don't validate our own self. We look to other people to validate us. And it's even, you know, I'm going on almost three years of really doing this work every single day, and I get validation every day that, oh, I'm going to open your mic and hello. hello this is Deb how are you who am I speaking with 
Hi, my name is Lisa. Hi, Lisa. Thank you for calling in. Well, thank you for answering. What can I do for you, Lisa? I'm going through a really rough time in my marriage, and I, I don't know what to do. Okay. Do you help me with that or not? Sure. Why don't you tell me uh, a little bit of what is upsetting you the most or worried about? Uh, I have a husband who's been absent for 25 years, and I had surgery last ne- week, and I needed a doctor today. The doctor thought I needed the doctor today, and my husband decided that I didn't. So this isn't the first time he's done this to me. He leaves me high and dry all the time, extremely ill, and doctors have told me I'm lucky I'm alive for what he's done to me. And I I don't know what to do anymore. I'm too sick to leave, and he knows it. So do you feel trapped? Is that what you're telling me? Yes, I am trapped. Okay. And is um hope you don't mind me asking is are you safe? Are you or is this some kind of domestic issue? He abuses me emotionally. Okay. All right. Um well I am sorry for what you're going through. Uh do you have a family members or a really good friend or somebody that is supportive that could help you with any of this? don't have anyone I'm alone okay that um that is unfortunate but I want to step back a little bit and let you know that you are never alone um and and that's what I was talking about earlier that I I don't know if you do any spiritual work if you uh know that you have guides um, and you are loved, and that they are walking with you right now through this situation that you're in. Um, where are you spiritually? I pray all the time. I pray okay. all the time. Okay. So, so do you have funds available? Do you have... Um, Something that could help you or is your illness keep you stuck in your home? The the illness keeps me stuck in my home, and so he holds it over my head. Okay. So I'm praying to get better so I can get out. Uh Uh-huh. So are these physical illnesses or emotional? Okay. Okay. I I have six autoimmune diseases. Oh, my goodness. So I'm going to say something to you right now, and I want you to really think about um, what what is happening, because I've been working a lot with energy, and I would imagine for 25 years of being with somebody, um, and I guess that it's on and off, is that what you're saying, that he comes and goes, that his energy is making you even more ill. So, yeah. So it is really important to extricate yourself from this relationship. And a lot of times fear keeps us from doing that because we do feel trapped. We feel like we don't have anybody, but there is usually an abuse shelter um, in every County. I don't know. Do you live in the United States? 
Uh huh. Have you ever reached out to um, the abuse network? No. Okay. And you can look that up where you live. Um, you can just Google. Um, I don't want to do that and ask you where you live since we're on. Um, I'd do it for you. But if you do that, you can start reaching out to the shelter. There's an abuse hotline, and um, there is probably a um, a 1-800 hotline that you can call that might direct you to um, something like that. Uh, and I think it's really important to 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 start looking outside because you do have support. Um, your prayers could include um, give me the strength and show me what I need to do to remove myself from this situation because um, what I have found is that if we're feeling trapped, it is because it's a feeling that we have brought with us from a younger time in our life or even a past life where, um, and I have felt that way myself. So you're not alone. And I think this is a very common issue. And, and because we keep believing that we're trapped, we then bring that energy with us. So if you start to say, I'm not trapped, I have freedom. I am loved. I have free will, and I'm going to start reaching out and looking for help. Now, if you have six autoimmune diseases, each county also has an office called a base service unit, which um, helps people that have mental health or mentally mentally retarded or drug and alcohol issues. And I don't have those issues. You don't, don't have, have what? Them. I don't have those issues. I have six physical autoimmune diseases that limit me. Right, but uh, I would I would say if I had six autoimmune diseases, I would have anxiety or depression. And I would have anxiety or depression if I felt trapped and in a miserable um, marriage. Okay, so. So um, whether sometimes a doctor actually gives us those diagnoses and doesn't even tell us. Uh, and so, but that's another way to reach out, okay? Um, because they do also help with uh, physical. So I would start with the abuse network and see whether there is something where you you can't do have uh, transportation. Okay, that you can visit with a uh, a worker there, and um, I have worked with plenty of clients in the past that had to go to an abuse shelter to get away from abusive um, uh, relationship, and it doesn't mean that it has to be physical. Okay, it could be emotional abuse. Mental abuse is much worse than physical abuse, believe me. Mm-hmm. Physical. Yeah, I and I have been through those things myself. Um, it, and it's all awful. It is all awful. But if we stay in a victim mentality, 
we are going to bring more victimization to ourselves and we are going to bring more feelings of entrapment. And so the more we believe that we're a victim and entrapped, and believe me, I get stuck with this feeling this uh, every single day that, um, and actually what I can do is read you a little bit about what Jesus has told me about what those feelings of victimization and suffering are because they are actually come with our humanity and they are deep within us and it is things that we all need to start working through and that they we cannot give it any um we cannot give that any more energy we have to stop believing that we're a victim and trapped and and so i'm going to read you a little bit about this um and this is coming from a spiritual perspective so um First of all, the lack, lack of love, lack of money, lack of things, lack is a huge issue. Uh, Fear, victimization, suffering, my life has to be a struggle. Um, I've done them all. We all have it inside of us. It comes along with us purposefully to actually help us grow. And so the fact that you're praying is a really big deal, but I want you to start praying that you start to see what is happening in your life through love and not through fear. You want to see it through eyes of love and not through fear and that you ask for more light about what is happening so that you are not stuck believing things about yourself that are not true. So what I was talking to Jesus about was um, that I find that all of those feelings, the lack, the victimization, the struggle, um, the suffering, that um, I said that they all seem to work like synergistically, um, like all the energy kind of bonds together because all feelings our energy. And I asked whether this is right, um, whether I call it synergy. And do the individual fears come together and create the potency of the ego? Or is it something separate that does not have to do with the ego? And so, and that it is this on a cellular level that every human feels these feelings. And the more that we've had negative experiences of abuse, the more that we've had past lives that um, carried abuse, um, these are even more heightened. And believe me, I have I had thought that I had I was a victim and trapped for a very long time until I started to do this inner work. Uh, Jesus told me, okay, since uh, there the 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 energy that i'm talking about of the the tra- entrapment the victimization all of it it um it is on a cel- cellular level it is at the core of your being a, as a human these are separate feelings or experiences that have followed us through lives and it picks up energetic momentum in which as a combined effort they are so much stronger than alone 
This energy feeds the immense influence of the ego and inflates it so it is difficult to deal with. It is like gasoline to a car or gasoline onto a fire. And I asked, is this purposeful that we have this, all of this negative fear energy? And he said, yes, it's how the ego becomes inflated and then it helps create the illusion. And the illusion is what we see in life is that the illusion is, is that all these things are wrong when there is no truth to it. It is a complete illusion. And I know that's really hard to believe when we're stuck in the sauce of all of that stuff and that we are in the midst of, of feeling and uh, going through situations that are abusive. And, um, so our, we have to start believing, first of all, that I am seeing an illusion. I'm projecting it from all inside of me. I am not a victim. I am strong. I am loved. I am guided. And I need to go inside. I need to keep praying. And I need to ask for help to show me that I am not um, a victim, that I stop believing in this. Does that make sense to you? Yes. At the same, yeah, good. Okay, because um, I am, I am right there with you, Lisa. I have gone through the same thing, and every day that same energy comes back up and tells me I'm looking at lack, or I'm looking at victimization, or I'm suffering, and there is absolutely no truth to it at all. So I have to remind myself this is old negative energy that I keep perpetuating because I believe it and I'm not going to believe it. I'm going to, I'm not going to believe it now. I'm not going to believe it later. And if it comes back again, I'm going to remind myself, this is not true. I need to stop doing this to myself. And this is, this is just a process, but if you really feel in danger, I would definitely uh, reach out to the abuse network and see if you can get some support from there. You are very loved. And I'm sending you lots of love and lots of healing light. And I'm asking that Archangel Michael guide you and be with you and sit with you and talk with you about what it is that you need to work on to move through this situation in your life. Okay. I appreciate that. And that you, you're welcome. And that you um, get the help that you need medically and to heal you. Thank you very much. You're welcome, Lisa. You have a, a beautiful day and know that you are heard. I appreciate that. That means everything. Thank you. You're welcome. Bye-bye. I see there's another caller, um, 631. Are you looking to have a discussion on, on our show today? Okay. Well, if you change your mind, please press 1 again. And so what a great phone call. And, oh, my goodness, there are so many of us that believe that we are trapped and that we're victimized. And, and it is just such an awful thing uh, that, and and to know that it's actually old energy 
that started at the beginning of time and that it makes absolutely no sense. Um, it is, there is no real logic to it. It is, but this is what our ego does. So I thought this is a great opportunity for me. And please, if anybody else wants to call in, I would love to speak with you. And our phone number for you to call in is 347-202-0232. And I wanted to read a little bit um, from Chapter 2 in my first volume, Are You Ready to Listen, God? Um, and the, those were the first words God spoke to me is, are you ready to listen? Uh, I was shut down for so long. I didn't want to listen to anybody. I thought I knew better. I, I, I didn't give anybody credibility to help me. Um, and so that is why I thought it was so important to name the book that because I think a lot of us do shut down. We want answers, but we don't accept them. So I wanted to read you chapter two because I thought I thought it was important for me to explain to you what um, what I learned as a spiritual framework to understand my life, and this came from Jesus, and uh, I'll just read it to you. Uh, it starts off with "Life is but a dream." The illusion we hold on to that life is reality is due to our forgetfulness, our separation from God. We can only see what our eyes and programming tell us, and there is no truth to any of it. The only truth is love. That is the only truth in the world, is that we are loved and what we are is pure love. So indulge me. Allow me to give you a spiritual framework to help you better understand yourself and life. It's not a new framework, but I believe it can help start to open your eyes, lift the veil to a new perspective, a new way to see yourself and others. As I started my spiritual journey, this truth came to me. I just started to see and understand it, but never had a formal name that I could put to it. At a later date, I heard about this theory, and it really helped me make sense of what I was experiencing. Some call it a soul contract or a pre-birth arrangement with God or spirit. It is a way of coming to recognize and understand our true selves as being one with God. What if we imagine our soul or spirit is pre-birth discussing a life path with God or spirit or the universe or whatever it is that you believe? What if we plan out our paths in a way that is designed to provide your soul with opportunities to learn lessons of enlightenment, to evolve to higher levels of consciousness and understanding, evolving your soul, maturing it? What if we plan everything, every detailed nuance and event, including your physical death, which actually our soul never dies, only our human body dies, for our journey? What if there are no coincidences or mistakes? What if we pick events, our parents and siblings, and all the other people in our life to play supporting roles in helping us learn the lessons we need to 
to learn and to understand and complete the tasks or purpose we are here to accomplish. What if we are invisibly chaperoned by other spirits or universe, as well as by people placed exactly at the right time in our life to help us achieve our goals? What if, in a sense, our soul creates a dream? I have come to accept all of this as truth. Look at your life as a book. You are the main character in the story, and everyone else is an actor unknowingly, in supporting roles to bring love, miracles, tragedy, adversity, suffering, and awakening on your path to enlightenment. Each person is actually a part of you that you do not recognize. Each may be reflecting a wound that is unhealed or stubborn ego or maybe a beautiful attribute that you have not embraced. We all have many different facets to our being. They, are all, they all reflect parts of you that are not in your awareness because you are living unconsciously and are unknowingly projecting all of your different feelings, thoughts, attitudes, beliefs, character traits, both positive and negative, onto everyone and everything around you. Projection is a product of the ego. One of my core beliefs about myself from childhood was that it was my job to make others happy, but that I was a failure at this and never really could make people happy. Upon meeting other people, my core assumption was that if they weren't happy, uh, if they were unhappy, then I needed to make them happy if I wanted them to love me or like me. In my mind, I would then project and act out on what I thought would make someone happy, what they might like or what maybe they need. I would try too hard and overdo, yet none of it was true. My ego was centered on a set of false beliefs about what my purpose in life was, i.e. to make other people happy, which is part of the story of who I am. The truth is, We really can't make anyone else happy but ourselves. At this point in my life, I didn't understand this truth. As a result, I always felt that I was a failure. Constantly seeing myself as a failure unconsciously caused intense and deeply embedded feelings of shame, guilt, and aloneness. I was unknowingly caught up in an interactive web of assumptions projections, beliefs, thoughts, feelings, patterns that resulted in self-defeating behaviors. As long as we remain spiritually unconscious, we are all caught up in our own self-destructive web. Another example of projection would be, I am angry, so I unconsciously project my anger onto everyone else, and thus I see everyone else as angry. I view my truth in others' facial expressions and behaviors that I hide from myself due to being disconnected from myself and unconscious. The feeling of anger is internal to me, yet the way I see, sense, or perceive others is a reflection of what I'm feeling. Many times our feelings are hiding in our unconscious, in our dark side. 
We have all become so expert at suppressing our feelings and detaching from ourselves that we don't really even know that feelings exist. Since I had been victimized as a young child, I developed a core belief that I am a victim. Even though this was a core belief, I wasn't consciously aware of it. It had become part of my ego's fears, but it was hiding in my unconscious, my dark side. I then unconsciously assumed that everyone was out to get me or victimize me in some way. These unconscious beliefs affected all of my relationships with family and friends. It affected the basic way that I interacted with the world at large, how I viewed my work, how I interacted with acquaintances, even down to decisions about where I would shop, etc. If a situation didn't go the way I wanted, I assumed that I was somehow being victimized. Of course, most of the time that wasn't the case. When you are in a state of spiritual unconsciousness, everything you see on the outside of you is a reflection of some part of you, but not in your awareness. If you see anger, there is anger inside of you. If you see fear or hate, it is part of you also, and many of these feelings belong to the ego. All of this happens when we are unconscious. And it is why we need to wake up and stay present so we stop creating and projecting negative things outside of us and into our world. Each one of us is 100% responsible for our reality and what we see on the outside. We are the creator. So what we think and believe in our core is what we create and see outside of us. We will bring to us what we think about ourselves. We are creating without even trying or understanding we are creating. We give life to our thoughts and beliefs, which will be positive or negative energy. We make our life a beautiful light or we make it dark. This is a very difficult concept. However, when you start to see it happening and know it, you have seen the true reality. This is the difference between how two individuals can see one situation from completely different perspectives. Each person has their own reality. Each person and event is a crucial part of our awakening. Each is designed to teach us something about ourselves, about the illusion of life, and help our souls evolve. Our spiritual journey is a path that can lead us back to our soul, heal our wounds, and help us understand the truths of what we have experienced. Along the way, we can learn how to forgive, to live and love in the present, consciously awake, and discover who we truly are. So we have our soul contract or pre-birth plan, and we are born into our human form. We incarnate, and then we forget. But life has a way of taking over, and inevitably, along the way, We are hurt and wounded, typically in childhood, and the karmic lessons become entrenched and activated. We are now living in a world programmed by our family, our family's history, and by the society and culture in which we live. We are now being led by our ego, cultivating a story of who we are, and reacting with patterns to the wounds we have suffered within this lifetime and past lives. 
there becomes a gap in our between our ego and our soul. Um, I studied with doc, Dr. Margaret Paul, who would call this gap our wounded adult self who lives unconsciously led by the ego. And the only way for our soul to learn its lessons is through witnessing our humanness and evolving toward a deeper consciousness, a heightened maturity. Our soul is always within, quietly watching and waiting, trying to help and guide us. However, the wounded adult in us is more in alignment with our ego than our soul. It does not mean that we never hear or feel our soul. We do, but only on rare occasions. This is why we want to meditate, to hear the soul. As the wounded adult heals, learns lessons, evolves into a more loving adult, it moves into greater alignment with our soul or our higher self, as some call it. As the process takes place, the wounded adult part of us is actually healing and growing from a childlike immaturity to a mature, loving adult capable of reuniting with its soul. The process is an evolution of love, light, and wisdom. It is a life's journey, if not more, to accomplish this. We each need to remove the veil of unconsciousness. As we lift the veil, it exposes light and truth, and our seeing becomes much clearer and expanded. We see both the beauty and the illusion of life and the part we play in it. Life is magic and perfection. In fact, it's enchanting. Unfortunately, as we're growing up and even though through our adulthood, we are not given clear paths to help us understand this or recognize that this kingdom even exists. The veil is lifted in increments, moments, days, and years at a time. Each increment is perfectly timed and is given to you exactly when you are ready for another divine dance with God or spirit that will take you to a step closer to your ultimate performance, finding and fulfilling the purpose of your life. I cannot lift your veil and you cannot lift mine, but we can be there to embrace each other's awakening with arms stretched out with love and grace to welcome each other's home, each other home as kindred spirits and to respect each, each individual's own process and journey. Everything and everyone we encounter in our life's journey is an actor or planned event with a specific role to play in our life. Everything we experience, feel, or witness is a performance by others to help wake us up and lift the veil of our unconsciousness, another increment, so healing can occur within. These are blessings, and we should be grateful for the opportunities to grow. We need to embrace those events and people, past and present, that have caused us to experience our internal conflicts and pain, for they have appeared in our lives to help us spiritually grow and evolve. Their performance is divinely orchestrated and executed, as is yours. You have your path, and I have mine, and of course, so does everyone else. Each person is following his or own plan, the dream that is soul-created, we are part of this learning experience, and they are part of ours. We are all mirror projections of each other. We reflect the ego, 
our wounds and souls to each other. We are all one having a collective consciousness experience together. Our job is to awaken, heal, remember that we are all divine and reconnect with our soul so we can continue on to fulfill the purpose of our story and our life here on earth. I know this is complicated, and that's okay. I would have had trouble with this had I not experienced it myself. Your enlightenment or awakening happens at exactly the right time as planned when you are ready for it. Be patient, keep alert, and stay conscious. Now, if I go back to Lisa's question about um, the role of her husband, so the way that I understand life, because what I just read to you um, was the way it's explained to me, and Jesus would say that Lisa's husband is creating or acting this role for her so that someday she wakes up and says, why do I feel like a victim? Why am I suffering? Why do I feel trapped? What is all of this about? And why do I stay stuck in this? And that is supposed to create um, awareness to us um, to wake up, go inside, connect with your guidances, and work through learning that these are illusions, that we are overcoming karmic lessons, which all of this energy working together, the suffering, the victimization, the struggle, the lack, that we are to overcome these and not feed them any more energy. But it is very difficult. We all do this. We are all feeding those energy. So I just wanted to um, read you my journal entry with Jesus um, to explain a little bit more about humanity. Jesus said it is part of being human to experience profound grief when we live unconsciously. We live unconsciously if we experience our lives in the context of our ego's programming. To the extent that we are able to avoid our ego's programming and live consciously in the present, this does not happen. But many people have not, I said, but many people have not been able to process all of the grief they experienced in life. I certainly hadn't. Jesus said, yes, but life is an illusion. I said, that illusion starts when we are first wounded in childhood, Jesus. He said, yes, it starts when we are born and it becomes entrenched when we are first wounded. Experiencing grief is a part of the human condition. Grief is not part of your spirit. Your true spiritual self does not know or experience grief or misery. So I said, what is the role of misery in our life, Jesus? He said, experiencing misery, pain, and grief are all lessons that can stimulate spiritual learning and an expansion of one's soul. I said, so a spirit has to take on human form in order for a soul to evolve. He said, yes, that is correct. It is the only way. So I said, so is that why it takes so many lifetimes? He said, yes. And I asked, does the grief ever go away? He said, as you transcend the emotions of the ego, your human experience of grief will dissipate. I said, so this brings us back to our original discussion on death. 
which I had been talking to him earlier about. He said, yes, experiencing grief is like a death in a sense. To experience that much misery is like a death. I said, is that why some people commit suicide? He said, yes, their misery is death itself. So I said, so we don't have to die physically in order to, in some sense, die spiritually. He said, that is what the unconscious state is, misery and spiritual death. I said, but why? But I was unconscious and thought I was happy. He said, that is just being in a state of denial of the grief and misery. And that was because I had suppressed all of those feelings. So I said, so our job as a human is to transcend misery. He said, yes. And I asked, does that ever occur? He said, no. I said, why? He said, because we have not lived enough lives. I said, how many lifetimes does that take? He said, it goes on forever. But then you would not have experienced all the wonderful things in your life, such as your children. So I said, Although there is misery, there is much joy, too. It's the yin and the yang. Grief, then, is also a disconnection from ourself and God. He said, yes, that is the ultimate grief that we keep repeating in our life as a human. It is our disconnection from the life force, and that feels like death, misery, grief. I said, so somehow we have a certain innate understanding of all of this? He said, yes. But it is part of the illusion because in reality, we are never detached from God. We just believe we are. We have forgotten. I said that is why it is the soul's goal to have us awaken so that we can reconnect back to our soul highest, which is connected to God by going through whatever lessons were learned in that lifetime. He said yes. So this is... This is really um, a lot of stuff to take in. And let me tell you, for me, um, all of these lessons uh, that are completely contradictory to everything that I've ever learned um, was very difficult. But I started to remind myself that I need to trust this process. I need to trust what I'm hearing through God, Jesus, and the angels because None of us understand life anyway. We don't understand the things that go on on this earth or what everything is, everything that happens. None of it makes any sense at all. So the awakening process itself is you just start to see things and they make sense. And then you start believing that, oh, there's a lot more to all of this than I ever imagined. And there's something to this because I'm actually seeing it when it's happening. Like I'm actually seeing when I am projecting my fears on the outside world, just like I started with the computer today. So God lives in our heart. The universe lives in our heart. And it is our job, and the best way to do this is meditating, is God is always talking to us 
through our heart. That's how we listen. If we can't hear with our physical ears, we always hear with our heart. And they are trying to guide us because we have many spiritual guides. The whole universe is set up to love you on this journey, to guide you, to understand that this ego has been given to us spiritually to create all of this illusion and we're like a, a actor in a play that we are undoing everything that we have learned as a human and to find out the truth of who we really are and we are all divine beings of goodness we are truly loved and guided, and our soul never dies. And you are being very cared for. And the only way that you're going to really start to feel this is if you start connecting on a spiritual level through meditation. I had a wonderful evening with you all tonight and I hope this helps you as you go further you can also work with me at debbieandgoldberg.com again that's debbieandgoldberg.com and I work with people um, online and I just wanted to remind you that when in doubt never estimate the power of prayer you are being listened to and heard throughout the universe and it is always responds with infinite and eternal love. Remember to go inside and listen through your heart for the whispers of heaven. God bless all of you. And I send it, I'm sending you my love. You've been listening to another fabulous program on Angel Heart Radio. Our goal is to remind you of how much you matter in the world and to let you know that we appreciate who you are in the world. You can check out who's on, when we're on, and who our guests are at angelheartradio.com. Everything is there. It's all just one click away. Angel Heart Radio programs are powerful tools to help you in your life and your life experience. They are not intended, nor should they, be used to replace your medical or legal advice. The views expressed by hosts, co-hosts, callers, guests and associates should not be construed as advice from Angel Heart Radio.